is the WTF Bach Podcast. The podcast about Johann Sebastian Bach, brought to you by his prodigal son, WTF Bach. Join WTF Bach as he guides your mind through a contrapuntal journey. Why don't you let WTF Bach guide you? And now, here's WTF Bach. It's Evan Shinners. I know I'd said I'd be back to give you more of those additional cannons found on the back of the Bach. But I have got to relate to you what happened the other night. I was at this party, some incredibly fashionable party, no doubt, and some party member used the word chromatic, and then another one used the word chromaticism. And then all eyes turned to me when another person said, What does that mean? What does chromatic mean? Well, I said, and wouldn't you have liked to have been at this party? Well, chromaticism is sort of like the furthest reaches of musical theory, right? Okay, let's, let's go into it. What is chromaticism? You've got your overtone series, right? You've got the notes that arise out of the earth. You take a pitch like this, and out of it, just because of the way that nature is, This is the overtone series. I've probably described the overtone series a lot, but just in case, I definitely recall I was talking about it in the recent episode on temperament. These, these notes, these are in all of the musical cultures in the world. It is not invented, it is discovered. But the further you zoom in, you get these smaller notes, and not all cultures have these same smaller notes. That is the development of the theory. That is the enjoyment of a musical culture, one might say. That is chromaticism. So at this party, I began demonstrating a particularly chromatic piece by Bach. It's actually the working out of a theme by Albanoni. It goes something like this. And I demonstrated using this theme because it's sort of like the evolution of the entire musical overtone series. We've got first... We've got perfect fifths and perfect fourths, and then diatonic steps. That is, when you say diatonicism, that is the opposite of chromaticism in a way. So we've got big leaps, perfect fourths, perfect fifths, very natural overtone series, then diatonicism, and then chromaticism here. These notes here are the closest notes that you can get in the Western musical scale. So who is Albanoni? Who made this theme? Well, Albanoni was an Italian composer. He was almost a contemporary of Bach. We could say that he's Bach's senior. He was born, I think, 15 years before Bach, although he died one year after Bach. This theme comes from his Opus 1, which is a collection of trio sonatas published in 1694 when Bach was just a wee lad, only nine years old. But we can imagine the youthful Bach, let's assume it took 10, 15 years for that music of Italy to come to Germany, and around 1710, still the teenage Bach discovers these and learns these trio sonatas, sonatas, sonatas of Albanoni. And this theme... It strikes Bach. Why? Because it's so chromatic. And Bach, by the end of his career, becomes the absolute master of chromaticism. So in 1714, he writes his own fugue using Albanoni's theme. And then in 1717, he does it again. And these are what's known as the Albanoni Fugues BWV 951. The early version is called BWV 951A. 
and the later version simply BWV951, but they really are two different pieces. So let's listen first to the Albanoni Trio Sonata just to get this theme and the music in our ears. Now, I wish I could credit those wonderful players, but I cannot find who that is. That simply comes from a playlist on YouTube called The Best of Classical Music, and there are absolutely no credits, so my apologies. Please give credit if you're going to put up someone's recording on YouTube. Now, without spoiling too much, and of course without disrespecting Signori Albinoni, the Bach is really a completely different piece, and although Albinoni hints at the chromaticism and the implications thereof, Bach really delves into it and shows you what a world it is. We're going to listen to the later version, 1717 BWV 951, and I'm going to play it here on this little MIDI harpsichord, which I find very nice. And because I'm playing it on MIDI, what I can do is go in to the files and I can isolate all of the truly chromatic lines, that is, all these lines that... that are just, just one note squeezed onto the next note, and I can give it sort of this MIDI sound, this, this sound here, actually. So you'll hear me playing the Bach in the harpsichord version in both speakers, and then when the chromatic lines come, you'll hear that sort of on your left side. And this will give you a sense of when Bach is writing the smallest steps that are conceivable in music, and you will see how this, as the fugue goes further and further on, it seems to get more and more chromatic. You'll notice, of course, the initial descending line is often sometimes contrasted with the ascending line. Let's have a listen. Mm -hmm. 
Now, that is a demonstration of perhaps the most literal aspect of chromaticism. That is the chromatic line itself, the smallest possible scale in music going up or down, note after note within the smallest space. But there is another realm that chromaticism reaches, which deals with the harmony around chromatics. And I think it's here that Bach separates himself from Albanoni. I don't know if you felt like we went to a hundred more worlds than where Albanoni took us, but yes, Bach is able to take the implication of the chromatic scale and build harmony that stems from such an idea. It is hard to be brief and explain why or what that means, but we can look at a quick example right near the end. You may have heard the bass in augmentation doing the long chromatic scale. And if we look at the harmony uh, that comes from there, it's sort of like an E minor, G major type thing. Now we have sort of F sharp major thing, D major, E major, uh, a, mi a major, E minor thing. I mean, it does, doesn't really matter what these chords are. It's just that you could see that with each one, he's got a, a new idea and it stems from the idea that the bass here itself is a chromatic line. So you have sort of more harmonic options. That is still a little bit in the literal realm of chromaticism. Just a bit further, the bass steps something like this. And that is truly chromatic language because it's not as if he goes down note after note, but that he sort of steps around it so he takes it out of order. That is part of the vocabulary of what truly chromatic music sounds like. And even though this is early Bach, we see we see the the tree within the seed, and we know that late in Bach's career, especially in the Art of Fugue, especially in those late contrapunti, the number fourteen and number eleven, he he uses this idea of chromaticism to to get himself in these wildly distant keys. I can think of an example. Uh, where he's, you know, he's in D minor in the Art of Fugue. And in the 14th Contrapuntus, when the B-A-C-H shape is inverted, he goes to A flat major. Now that's about as far away from D minor that you could possibly get. It's a tritone away in the opposite mode from minor to major. His vehicle is chromaticism. We're going to take a listen to 951A, the early version. This is the first version of the fugue that Bach penned after being inspired by this theme of Albanoni. I chose a more uh, spicy temperament, also on the harpsichord from an Italian harpsichordist named Rinaldo Alessandrini, and his version is very, very good. I hope you've enjoyed this briefest of introductions to chromaticism, and I'm really testing the patience of my listeners, I know, by skipping around themes and episodes and things like that. So the next episode, you're going to have to refer back to themes and ideas talked about two episodes from now, and it's just going to be a big chromatic mess. Thank you for listening.
Sometimes I just dream about Johan Sebastian. Thank you for listening. The WTF Podcast is here. We exist because of your feedback and donations. Support on PayPal, Cash App, or Venmo. You can find all relevant links in the episode description. If you want to become a patron, all you have to do is press those donate buttons. Without your feedback and donations, without your support, the rest is silence.